0: Diameter dandies and geometry gals. Bisect the world into regular and irregular. Explore the existentialism of an exterior. And I'm not saying he wasn't acute. All I'm saying is if you added up all three of his angles, you wouldn't get 180 degrees. Because it's time to protract Tull to me. <laughs> Welcome back to the pod. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are that most unusual shape, the Feckless Moans. And this, my little Pythagorans, is talk tall to me. A congruent intersection on the mathematical hyperplane of Prague Rock, in which non-Euclidean Nick and obtuse Omen will trace a reflective parallel line alongside each and every tangential track that rhomboid rock band Jethro Tull have ever brought to four-dimensional space. We will define to within six decimals of accuracy the Doan Perry point. We will devise a deltahedron of doom to distract Dave Pegg. And we will bi a ball of Martin Barr's B-spline. And if we can square our circles and draw a straight line between two points, We may finally crack the most fiendish formula of all, the Scottish pseudosphere, the polygon of polyphony, the rhomboid roustabout, Fibonacci's flautist, Ian Archimedes Anderson. I can only think of two things with Archimedes. Owls. The owl from Sword in the Stone. Yes, a classic. And the Archimedes screw that brings water up from a well. A classic, yeah, which I think was actually invented by Leonardo da Vinci. Or at least employed by Leonardo da Vinci. It takes advantage of one of the simple machines, which is a... um, No, it's a couple of different machines. Because it's it's an inclined plane, and it's a fulcrum. I think that's it? I've been called a simple machine before. (laughs) And a fulcrum. (laughs) And a fulcrum. Nick, welcome back. This is our first recording in the new year, not the first release of the new year, but here we are, it's 2024. That's right, on our five year anniversary, no less. What? Yeah, January 1st, 2019 was our first episode. That is crazy, we've been doing this for five years? I feel like I've aged seven years in the process. Is it lace or what's the five year? Oh, hell if I know, Pearl. Can't be Pearl, not five. Well, at any rate, thank you all who have been listening from the beginning. Thank you all who have been listening more recently than that and wishing all of you a happy, prosperous, and peaceful 2024. Here, here, please. Speaking of which, Nick, what is the track about which we have the opportunity today to prosperously and peacefully talk about on the podcast? We are going to prosperously, peacefully, predominantly talk about thinking round corners. Thinking round corners. Oh boy. How do you feel about the square corners? Mm, I'm thinking round corners. I'm thinking round? That's really <laughs> funny. You know, if you have four and you subtract four, you can have eight. I suppose it depends on the units of measurement from which you are subtracting. If you took a a square with four corners and you cut off each of the corners, you'd have eight corners. No, wouldn't it be sixteen then? No, you'd have an octagon. Oh, I was thinking three dimensional. I'm sorry, I was thinking of a cube. Yeah, you're right. I Sorry, I'm thinking I'm just thinking three dimensional Omen. Three dimensional chess. Yeah, of course. You're you're always you're always two planes of existence ahead of me. That's true. Nick, here we have Thinking Round Corners. Why don't we dive in and take a listen? I think it's time to do that. (music) Nick McGill. Good golly. That was Thinking Round Corners. I've always enjoyed that one. This is one of my favorites off this album. Is it for the pep? For the verve and the vim? It's got a lot of vim. It's it's very viminy. It has a lot of pep. It's peppery. Viminy cricket. Yep. It's such a driving song that it's hard to not like it. He forces you to like it. He he does. Yeah, you don't get an option. It says, this is what you're getting. Yeah, you're going to listen to this song, and you're going to like it. And you're going to like it. And then we did, and we do. Correct. Yeah, past tense, present tense most likely future tense. I'm excited to talk about the lyrics to this song because of all the songs on the album, this one is by far, by a factor of of 10, the most opaque to me. It's very imagery heavy, which we haven't seen in a while. He's been pretty straightforward in his lyrical delivery, but we've got stuff to kind of pick through on this one. Yes, and not just imagery heavy, because some of the other songs have a lot of imagery, but these are like flashes True. of imagery that aren't necessarily tied together with a, an evident off the bat narrative through line. Yeah, it's more of a, oh, it's, it's like a montage almost. It's like a Montauk. It's like Montauk, where you go and eat clams and oysters. Is that on Long Island? It is, yeah. Montauk, it's on the, it's on one yeah. of the Metro North lines. Is it near the end? I don't remember. I think it's near the end. I think it's actually, I think it's featured in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh yeah, she's down at the end. Way out on Long Island. It's the last thing, yeah. Montauk County Park, Lake Montauk, Montauk Point Lighthouse Museum is literally the tip, just the tip of Long Island. Which is all you need, really. It's all you need. I mean, honestly, I was down at the base of Long Island when I went to school and it was, it was too much mm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Nick, let's talk musically about this song. We have some fantastic sounds right off the bat. We have a very unusual feature, musical feature in this song. Instrumental feature, I shall say. Does it start right in that opener? Yeah. Okay. I heard bass, I heard flute, I heard tambo, I heard guitar. hmm We also have some mandolin in there. Oh, is there? I thought there was something stringy. So maybe it wasn't guitar, maybe it was just mandolin. But the string is so low. It's buried under everything. It's difficult to pull out. So you're on it. It has the, the mandolin, but it's the guitar that I find interesting because of the way it's being played. I believe that Martin is playing... The guitar with a slide that's right now whether he's playing a proper dobro guitar that lays across the lap or whether he's just playing one of his regular guitars with a slide on it either of which is totally conceivable Mm. it's a technique that i don't think we've heard that often in tull i'm sure we've heard it at some point before but it's very very rare Yeah, I don't know why that didn't register for me upon listening to it. I think we've only talked about it one other time. Damned if I could tell you what song it was, but I'm pretty sure we heard it one other time. Far back, far, far back. I know we've had it at least once, and same as you. I couldn't tell you where. Yeah. But yeah, he's playing a slide guitar, which lends itself to that American-ish feeling, which is pervasive through the album. Mm -hmm. I think it lends a sense of... uh, Looseness in a way, like kind of that American looseness, that lack of formality, that bluesy quality. Yeah, definitely. That is really explored a lot in this album. And I also think that there maybe is a tie in with the themes of the song. It brings a level of dirtiness, of griminess to it. Yeah, there's definitely a, this is the cookie that you found on the floor you ignore the 5 second rule because it looks so good and you eat it. Yes, you do. It's a molasses cookie. If you come away with hepatitis then so be it, but it was worth it. Worth it. We have that Dobro sound. The mandolin is being played in in a way that we talked about I think on the last episode where it's not really traditional to any particular style of mandolin playing. It's more of this rock and roll mandolin. Right. It's playing these recurring tunes, these recurring melodies that almost make it, almost remind me of like an Indian raga, like a sitar raga. Mmm. Okay, sure. So Nick, I know that you're excited to talk about the nanny goat voice, the nanny goat singing. Goat core. Mmm. His voice in this is so delicious. It's so it. It's. I mean, Nanny Voice takes it over the top. But even the, even just the way he sings any of the lines, best man between white thighs, best man between white thighs. He's gone into a territory that I love because it's just so weird. It's weird. It's smarmy. Yes. Which I think kind of fits with the idea of the song. Yes, we'll get into it, obviously. But it's, it's not accent. It's the entirety of the song, really. It's there's so much of this song. Yeah, there may be smoother parts, but I feel like the bulk of it is this weird, like, voice. You know, like I I don't even know how to put it. It's sort of the same continent where Tom Waits lives. You know, it's not the same technique, it's not the same thing, but it's the same kind of like... A little bit. When you push the voice so far away from what's considered musically proper, yeah, you sometimes discover like, ooh, this is a new type of thing. And that's where I feel like Tom Waits has kind of made his career as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit different because this is a bit more of an experiment, you know, where Ian will go further into that... Territory or less far into that territory, depending on which song on the album on this particular album we're on. Yeah. I mean it's the same it's same the same country. Right. It's not Bob Dylan who is not affecting anything. That's just how he sings. That's just unfortunately how he sounds, yes. (laughs) No, this is an exploration of something. Intentionally. Yeah, I think so. It could very well fall into the classification of the lyricon. Granted, we hear it a little more, not to this extent, but we do hear it popping up here and there throughout the album. Lyricon was clearly just a one-time thing, but it's, it is that experimentation of that instrument. Yes. And in the same way that the Lyricon synthesizes a sound that we're familiar with in a way that we're unfamiliar with, mm-hmm. Ian is essentially, he is his own synthesizer in this moment. He's taking a sound that we all know And he's distorting it in a number of different ways to make a new sound that no one's ever heard before. Right. And I'm here for it. I dig it. In this song alone, we get so much that's like adjacent. It's one multiverse universe away from Tull. Yeah. You know, this one has bled over. Right. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they could have gone this way with the slide guitar. They could have gone with Ian's voice. With all of these different things. This almost is more related to this was than anything really recently. You know, it's, mm. it almost is like if you heard this was and then you heard this song, you'd think, oh yeah, this is what they sound like now. Right. That's the progression. I can see where they went from here to, to here. I don't know what happened in between. And you'd be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Boy, let me tell you, buckle up right. into that roller coaster friends, cause he, you do not know where you're going. About to ride the big dipper. <laughs> we have not only the singing that you referenced, you know, when he's actually doing the lyrics, we also have this kind of goat scatting. He is, he is give it a It's so strange. <laughs> it's awesome. No one has Ever done anything like that sound before, and no one has ever done it since. It's great. It's, it is unique in the history of humanity. Yeah, it's like scatting and the vocal ejections had a baby for just this one song. It's like a hobo scatting. It's like hobo scat. It's it's hobo core. Don't step in the hobo scat. It's <laughs> uh, you'll never you'll never get the smell out of your shoes. You gotta wash yourself in tomato juice. <laughs> but it's it's like I don't know. There's something amazing about it. You know, it, it conjures this. I don't know. It conjures images for me of being under the railroad bridge. and Yeah. It really adds to that feeling of just like the grunge of this song. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if Aqualung was was sexy. Yeah. It's the evolution of Aqualung. He's ripped under that greasy shirt and gross hair. <laughs> all he needs is, uh, what was it called? Oh, Queer Eye. All he needs is a, is a visit from Queer Eye for the straight guy. He got all the ladies. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. And all the men, maybe all the men, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose you yeah. have to be straight for queer eye to visit. So, no, you don't oh, you actually. Don't. Not anymore. Oh, queer eye for the queer guy. Yeah, you're thinking of queer eye for the straight guy, started by Carson Kressley in the 1990s. And the new version, simply called queer eye, is, uh, is they make over the gays, ladies, anyone. Wow. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Equal opportunity yeah. to say you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that we want to say musically about this song? Yes. Okay. At that 10 second where we have that intro and it fades out, we like have just the briefest of moments of actual silence. In my headphones, at least, I can hear the cymbal. After everything else goes silent, I hear the cymbal go, and just like fade out just a little bit behind everything. Nice. It's so faint. I'll see if I can try to isolate it and drop it in here. I'm not sure I can, but. It's really cool. You were talking about the mandolin being played like the last time, like almost like a guitar or its own style. Yes. So that first verse right after that silence, I'm not sure if it's the mandolin or not. I'm going to listen to it again. It's really just the first, it's from say like 10 to 15 or 10 to 20. I think it's just the acoustic. But he's going, And then the mandolins also going on in the background. That plucking just tickled me so much. Yeah. Real good sound. The whole musical style of the song is very silly almost. Like silly in a very serious way. Exactly, exactly. Silly just by virtue of the fact that they're techniques we haven't heard a whole lot of so it's it's like when you laugh at things that you're uncomfortable with (laughs) (laughs) right? uncomfortably aroused Mm. Mm. something about the way that the bass, the way that it's all coming together the the style of the mandolin everything the kind of folkiness not in the folky style that we've had before but again this kind of hobo hobo core hobo chic it makes me think of the jug bands a little bit. You ever heard of a good jug band? Yeah. Yeah, jug band, the washboard, the the, the jug bass. Yep. Or the, the washtub bass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant, not stand-up. Yeah. And it's great. There's a little moment after one of the thinking round corners, think round corners, I say, where we have a little knock on one of the acoustic instruments. It could be a knock on the mandolin or an acoustic guitar. Yep. Lovely detail. It just personalizes it. It's not quite as fourth wall breaking as Ian counting in or anything, but it's that same sort of thing. It's a reminder that this isn't just a collection of sounds, this is a group of human beings making these sounds on purpose. It feels spontaneous, totally, just by virtue of the sound. Being so unexpected, I'm sure it's not. Which means they practiced it 90 times. Ian's like, no, 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 Martin, you must use the third knuckle. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Take it back. Do it in one more take. My knuckles are bleeding, Ian. This is the price of beauty, Martin. Super soft. My my, my knuckles are bleeding. Sweet, sweet, Martin. Speaking of Martin Barm, Mr. Lancelot. At 157 we have Martin released. He escapes the cage. He goes on a quick tear about the town before he's trank darted and put back. Bring him back in. Yep. But he escapes with his electric guitar and really, really does some nice stuff. <laughs> tie his hands and feet up and then string him up on a long pole and and he's got Andy Giddings on the front and um, uh, Peggy on the back carrying him back to the studio (laughs) yeah put that imagery yeah you're welcome Mm -hmm, mm Hmm. yep it's my new fantasy and then at the very end we have not a fade out but a we have sort of a manual fade out yeah it's a sort of a dying rattlesnake sound of the tambo right at the end that's it yeah, thinking round corners, bling. And just very organically. Very organically, yeah. Thinking round corners. Lovely song. Like you said, it's very upbeat. Yeah. It's in a pretty straight 4-4. I don't think there's much trickery when it comes to the time signature. Yeah. And I think that more the, the variation that we get is is less on the rhythm side and more in the types of sounds that we get, yeah. the texture of it. Yeah, again, it's like we've discussed earlier in this album. They're exploring 4-4 at this point. They're not exploring, ooh, what wacky time signatures. Let's just prove that we can knock the hell out of 4-4 this way, and this way, and then this way, and then thinking around corners, and then this. It's Jethro Tull's blue period. Yeah, their 4-4 blue period. Yep. Their square period. Oh, there you go. That's better, yeah. I have nothing for the middle. Let's just skip it. Yeah. You can put in a little musical interlude. Yeah, I'll just... I will vocally do this... Oh, you have an idea. Talk Tom Waits to Me. As the next podcast, he's got like 20 albums. He's got more albums than Tull does, but yeah. I mean, Talking Tom. Yeah. Talk Tom to Me. Wiggle Waits to me. <sighs> That's it. It's just a video. It's a silent video podcast. But 600 episodes. Right. I love Tom Waits. And, and talk about an evolution of, of an artist. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd be super interested to explore that whole catalog. We would die, but I think it'd be worth it. We're going to die anyway. There you go. Blaze of glory. <laughs> Blaze of gargling hot asphalt and broken glass glory. One of us would have to dedicate ourselves to... Drinking whiskey and smoking a pack of cigarettes every day so that we would eventually become the voice. Yeah. Passing on the baton of Tom Waits. Yeah. You know, it's my secret, absolutely absurd Willy Wonka fantasy that when we go meet Ian, he's going to be like, I need someone else to sing for me, boys. (laughs) And then we just, (gasps) and then we just (laughs) tore with Jethro Tull singing as his voice, as his replacement voice. Oh no. no. But at what cost? Probably my marriage, (laughs) amongst other things. Yeah, he'd probably do it by linking us up to some sort of telepathy device. So that he would still be singing. Oh yeah. But it would be using our physical voices. Oh yeah. Would it be worth it? No, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Jury's still out. Welcome back. Here we have the lyrics section of Thinking Around Corners and, oh boy. Oh goodness. You know how blatant it is when my sexy radar goes off. So I feel like we've got some naughtiness here. Oh, is there some sexiness in here? There's plenty of naughtiness here. There definitely is some. Are you being sarcastic? No, there is. Okay. But I think that maybe you are perceiving some things that I'm not perceiving. Maybe yeah, they're so obvious that I miss them. Unheard of. Let's start at the very beginning. Sure. Thinking Round Corners. So we have the titles, Thinking Round Corners. And in the first line, we have all of you sit up in bed, don't think in straight lines ahead. Can't sleep, head spin, don't think in circles, it'll do you in. All of you sit up in bed, don't think in straight lines ahead. Can't sleep, head spin, don't think in circles, it'll do you in. So already we have these three... Geometric ways of thinking. Thinking round corners, thinking in straight lines, and thinking in circles. What in the heck do we do with all of this? Well, technically, we haven't covered thinking round corners yet. I think that's our, our resolution here for the thinking in straight lines and thinking in circles. Okay. Because title of the song, but he hasn't sung it yet. That's, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. All right, all right. First of all, he's addressing his audience. There is no fourth wall here. All of you sit up in bed. Either it's imperative or it's when this happens, when you sit up in bed and you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Almost all of you who are sat up in bed. Yeah, right, right. Don't think in straight lines ahead is, I think, can't sleep. So you wake up, you have a thought, and then there's the logical progression of that thought. Right. You can't fall asleep. You can't fall back to sleep because you're thinking about- You're thinking about the future. You're thinking about your mortgage. You're thinking about your job. The two dozen cookies you have to make for the bake sale, anything. I mean, I would stress about that. Why did you have to bring that up? And then we get head spin, don't think in circles, it'll do you in. So thinking in circles is a reference to just thinking the same thing over and over, destructive thoughts or confusing thoughts or, or whatever. Anxiety, depression, that kind of cyclical... Like, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that type of experience. Right. You think this, oh, I'm a shitty person. Why am I a shitty person? Because of this, because of this, because of this, because of this. It leads back to, I'm a shitty person. Why am I a shitty person? Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ian is, is addressing the two types of people, basically, who sit up in bed, either thinking cyclically and probably self-destructively, Yep. And those who can't because of stress, because something is driving their brain to not fall back to sleep. Oh, almost like, oh, if I think in a straight line, something's bothering me. And so I'm going to think it out completely logically in an infinite direction. But there's no end. Yeah, exactly. There's no end to it. Okay. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, I've woken up and I have these thoughts. It could be just people like sitting down to bed. And trying to fall asleep as well. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you can't turn that off. Right. So then the solution is, think back to the dream you had, no sense of being good or bad. Think back to the dream you had, no sense of being good or bad. Now, this is a theme that we have had recurring in Jethro Tull a number of times, this sense of non-dualism. Right, yeah. Just reality without that judgment. And often in dreams, there is that lack of dualistic logic. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the solution that he's presenting that as we're moving toward thinking round corners, as opposed to thinking in a straight line or thinking in circles, it's almost Mm. like go back to dream logic. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Yeah. I do think it works with that idea. And we have seen aspects of it in the past of having that remove. And only after the fact, are you judging it? Are you seeing it for what it was? But in the moment... Right, 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 right. There is no morality, yeah. It's just happening. It's just what it is. Yeah. Then we have the Jethro Tull electric slide. <laughs> yeah. Jump to the left, jump back right. Jump to the left, jump to back the right. Can't wait to see everyone in the concert hall do that when he sings this. Think round corners in tonight. Think round corners in tonight. So if... We've described the two, you know, the linear way of thinking and the cyclical way of thinking. What is this thinking around corners? So the actual phrase thinking around corners is to anticipate what happens before it arrives. Interesting. I wasn't aware that this is a real phrase. Yeah. There's also a podcast from Australia called Thinking Around Corners. Thinking around corners. Think about those corners. Think around him. That was slightly Ringo. I'm sorry. Snakes around corners. <laughs> Always snakes. Poisonous koalas. Poisonous snakes. So for instance, if you were, you know, I'm thinking about my days doing carpentry and thinking about, okay, we're going to build this set element in this location, and then transport it to this other location. Mm-hmm. Ah, and now I'm already thinking, well, then we have to build it in discrete pieces that can fit through the doorways. Right. So that's understanding a process and thinking perpendicularly to the problem yeah perfect example i was just i marveled for four hours while my dad figured out exactly what needed to happen yesterday when we were constructing the frame for the pocket door that he's helping install that he's installing for us yeah every now and then he'd stop he's like i'm just thinking about yeah okay and then he's like he just had it like that's what 50 years of construction will do for you yeah And he was literally thinking round corners. He was thinking about the part, you know, he was thinking about the internal mechanisms of a thing Mm -hmm. that you couldn't see. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is, I'm not jump to the left, jump back, right. It's almost like creative nonlinear thinking. Yeah. Because in some ways we could say the process that your dad was pursuing was linear, but in some ways... He's jumping back and forth between the different sides of it, looking at a problem from different angles simultaneously. Yeah. He's thinking creatively. Yeah, right. In a very mathematical and practical application, but there still has to be that level of like, well, I don't have instructions to do it exactly like this, so I have to think. And therefore, I have to be creative and be able to understand what's coming ahead, which is thinking around a corner, which is what Ian is encouraging here. And from there, then it really starts to pop off. Musically, this is almost the chorus. Let's go in wet corridors. Dive down drains. Draw strength from machinery. It's all the same. Thinking around corners. Think around corners. I say, I I say. say. Let's go in and- wet Are drains, machinery, and wet quarters all situations where mechanical situations where you need that kind of creative thinking? Are these all references to something sexual? They definitely have a sexual undertone, whether it really works or not sexually, I'm not sure. Or at least a sensual undertone. Yeah. But they do certainly seem like instances where you may need to anticipate and think around corners. But also it almost feels like a dream montage. That's what I was going to say. Like you're flying with the ghost of Christmas present. You go down the drain. And you're just like flying over the tops of London and then you zip down the drain to see the rats having a Christmas party, I guess, I don't know. Which they, they, they do. They do. They do, they do. Yeah. yeah. The office Christmas parties for rats. <laughs> really un- unsavory. There was a whole rind. They make a rat king. But yeah, it does feel like abstract enough, but also they feel like they could be connected. That it feels like that kind of transition of like just a dream. Like all of a sudden, I'm I'm just going down the drain with all of the water because dreams. I love that so far. This song is saying, stressed out with reality. Try disassociating. <sighs> So then we get into more of the, the, the sexy bits of the song. Pretty girl with neon eyes, best man between white thighs. Bridegroom doesn't know a thing, got his love in lights, she wears two rings. Pretty girl with neon eyes, best man between white thighs. Bridegroom didn't know a thing, got his love in lights, she wears two rings. So uh, we're describing this sort of nasty sexual love triangle. Think back to the dream you had, blue boy sorry, pink girl sad. Think back to the dream you had, blue boy sorry, pink girl sad. Interesting reference to like, pink girl, blue boy. Later we have Jack and Jill. It's almost this imagery from childhood. Yeah, there's little boy blue. The blue boy is is my guess, and he like has a trumpet or something. Oh, right. I don't quite know that nursery rhyme. But also we've got very standard baby colors there. Yes, 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 yes. So we've got the pretty girl having an affair with the best man. Bridegroom didn't know about it. Now we're referencing babies. Hmm. Or potentially referencing babies. Yeah. Or almost, you know, saying, well, boys will be boys and girls will be girls. So that was, it's almost inevitable. And then following it up with Yellow Cow, Big-Eyed Moon. Yellow Cow, Big-Eyed Moon. All coming round the car. Speaking of children's rhymes, and the cow jumped over the moon. Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. Little Boy Blue and the Man on the Moon. Oh, Little Boy Blue's in that too, yeah. Oh, wow, 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 wow. And the cat's in the cradle and the Silver Spoon. Little Boy Blue and the Man on the Moon. When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when. But we'll get together then. Interesting. Yeah. And the dish ran away with the spoon. So yeah, actually the blue boy sorry could be the best man being sorry for what he did. Blue being sad as well. And then the pink girl sad. She's sad about what she did. She's sad that she got dumped because she had an affair on her wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this, you know, this is sort of describing a situation and then saying blue boy sorry, pink girl sad, yellow cow, et cetera, all coming around the corner soon. It's sort of like oh, you can see this problem coming. Mm-hmm. This is the logical result. This is the straight line thinking. Mm-hmm. This type of nasty affair leads to all this pain and sorrow. Yeah. So rather than that, let's stand in rapids, cling to carnivals, spit life from the maypole in savage ceremony. let stand in rapids, <laughs> cling to carnivals, spit life from the maypole in savage ceremony. Now there's a sexual image. There it is, Yeah. That's the big one. I love the line, cling to carnivals. Clinging to fun, to silliness, to something that's kind of its own separate entity. It's not quite Vegas, but you know, you go into that bubble that is a carnival and you eat shitty food and you you go on rides until you're sick and you spend too much money on the games. It's a liminal space that exists. Yeah. Outside of regular society. Yeah you could cling to that as a way of avoiding it almost is a dreamland space where logic is a little bit twisted. Right. Yeah. there is this idea of this desire for innocence, I guess, mm. this desire for not having to deal yeah. with the consequences around the corner. So maybe the thinking round corners in this sense is not anticipate how to handle this problem, but it's, this is coming around the corner. Run away. Run away, escape, (laughs) find some place to go, you know? And having worked with the Renaissance Fair folks for six years, both of us, we certainly saw a lot of people who were, and this isn't across the board, but we certainly saw people who were avoiding their problems or avoiding responsibility or real life by clinging to the carnival aspect of, of that environment. Yeah. The Wren Rats, as I so affectionately refer to them. And some of the professionals. Oh, yeah, absolutely them too. But the people with the season passes and... Sure. Some of which is perfectly innocent. And, you know, yeah. it's great to have an escape like that. And then sometimes you're like, this seems like maybe you're avoiding some important things in your life. Yeah, when their maturity and growth is stunted, it's a bit much. So I love that Ian includes the line, spit life from the maple in Savage Ceremony. So maple is a fertility symbol. And there is a, you know, kind of a reference here to sacred ejaculate. And the maypole being that fertility symbol, it's also phallic. So phallic. Massively, moderately, you know, average-sized phallic. Moderate to severely phallic. (laughs) This song is so cool. It's just constantly contrasting these very strong creative and procreative images with these destructive or stymieing images. It really is a fantastic collection. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, is almost dichotomous. It's one of the first times in a while that we've seen that, like, this is good and this is bad. Yeah. And is, is it even to say, is he even putting a value judgment on some of it? Or is he just saying, here's destructive and creative without morality? Okay. Yeah, not necessarily a, a judgment per se, but two sides of the same coin, regardless right, right. of what is good and what is bad. Then we return to let's go in wet corridors, draw strength from machinery, think around corners. And the next problem, I guess, that's presented or the next situation is paper cowboys, tin drums, banging where the white man comes. Paper cowboys, tin drums, banging where the white man comes. Going back to that, those references of child Play of toys. Childhood. Yeah. And then contrasting that with landowners with whips and chains, but soft in bed amidst warm rains. Wow. Landowners with whips and chains, but soft in bed amidst warm rains. So there's the child playing with the plastic cowboys and Indians, but then there's the reality of the situation, which was landowners with whips and chains, slavery and running the natives off of their land. And they slept in very comfortable beds and didn't lose any sleep over it. Yeah. And contrasting that playing, like, you know, we we play cops and robbers as kids, and then we we don't realize at that point we are living in a society where those games are present around us and the systems of oppression that exist. Right. It's an infantilizing of reality, of what we what society experiences, and it does set up that good and bad. The cops are always good. Sure. The cops are the good guys. Anybody going against the cops, for whatever reason, are bad guys. Yeah. When we realize that we live in a society that is more complex morally than those children's games that we play, we need that kind of non-linear, round-corner thinking, creative thinking, in order to understand it, live in it, and do anything to affect it. Right. Yeah, that was good. That was real good. Because it's a matter of rewriting your neural pathways. Right. Right. It's so ingrained. We're so indoctrinated indoctrinated with it that you need to think around what is already there. You need to make a new path for yourself to open your eyes to what it really is, to reality. A lot of what we have here in this song, I'm just realizing this, are these kind of false binaries that are being set up or, or simplistic binaries. Yeah. So cowboys and Indians, landowners implying, you know, with whips and chains, implying slavery. Yeah. Jack and Jill- blue boy, pink girl, straight in circles. You know, there's all this all this setting up of like, well, it's either this way or this way. And so you need a third option. Right. This is the way it presently is, but there is another way. Yeah. Interesting line, homestead, home free. How about leaving some for me? Thinking back of the dream they had, Jack and Jill. I think that goes all the way back to landowners. Yes. We've got landowners with whips and chains, but soft in bed amidst warm rains, thinking back to the dream they had, the dream of owning land. Of owning all the land. All the land. Jack and Jill, Jack the Lad. Homestead to homestead is to set up your own home. On land, yeah. Home free. The land was free and you are free in your home. How about leaving some for me? That society of like, oh... I'm going to take as much as possible. That's the American way. I mean, it's literally the American way. Manifest destiny, this idea that, oh yeah, we're going to have, America is going to stretch from sea to shining sea. Yeah. That's always been the plan. We're going to own everything. And on an individual level, that's what people are taught that they should want. Right, yeah. Interesting that then the, the contrast with this is let's bathe in malt whiskey. Let's bathe Oh my gosh! That reminds me of—it's a traditional song, but Chris Thiele did a really great version of it. If the sea was whiskey and I was a diving duck, mm. I dive to the bottom and I just might not come up. If the sea was whiskey and I was a diving. I swim to the bottom and I don't know if I come up. That's the best I've ever sung. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> to bathe in malt whiskey, covet gold finery through the eyes of a jackdaw dressed to the nines. Let's bathe in malt whiskey, yep. covet gold finery through the eyes of a jackdaw dressed to the nines. Oh, interesting. So. To bathe in malt whiskey is a stupid and expensive thing to do. Right. Bathing in champagne is the more common turn of phrase. Yeah. It's the same concept of... Excess. Excess. The episode of Futurama where they visit Amy's parents on Mars. Yes. Yes. Zoidberg comes down the stairs and says, Do you have any more of this Don Perignon bubble bath? I was only able to fill up half of it, and it's just a, an empty bottle of Dom Perignon. Right, right, right. Yeah. Make yourselves at home. Don't mind if I already did. By the way, do you have any more of this Dom Perignon bubble bath? There was only enough to fill the tub halfway. So silly. Covet gold finery through the eyes of a jackdaw, dressed to the nine. So, like, not just coveting gold finery, but Coveting gold finery as someone who already has everything that they could possibly want. Right. They're already dressed up. They seem to be doing pretty well. And yet they're covetous. Right, yeah. But also the Jackdaw is a Corvid, so it's going to collect shiny things. Yes. Also, they do have the like the little white shirt. The tuxedo patterning yeah. of the feathers, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some dual meaning there. That's it really helps to simplify the situation. You know, he's comparing us to animals who just want to collect shiny things regardless, because if you are a jackdaw and you are dressed to the nines and you want something that's gold and shiny, you don't need it. What are you going to do with it? You've already got all you need. Same thing with a jackdaw picking up a quarter. What are they going to do with it? They're going to show it off. Yeah. And maybe get a, get a sweet Jane daw to come back to their their nest. Or Jill, I guess it would be Jill Daw, sorry, I apologize. Oh, Jill Daw, sure. Yeah. Could be a Jake Daw. Jake and (laughs) Daw? If we zoom back from this song, we've gotten very into the individual images, and, and I think it's been an excellent exercise. If we zoom out, do we have any new perspective on what the heck this song is about? Yeah. And it could just be, this totally could just be, Ian had too many jalapenos one night. And had a bunch of weird dreams and was like, what if I was a hobo dreaming in that way? I should make a song. I dreamt I was a hobo. (sighs) Sorry. She said she was a hobo. (laughs) I think that, I think we kind of touched on it. The idea of either being so astute and aware of everything around you that you can anticipate and therefore adjust accordingly and react accordingly. I guess it wouldn't be react, it would be act. So you can act in the moment as opposed to react. I love that interpretation, yeah. But also the idea of the first half of what I just said, being able to expect and know what's coming ahead so you can get the hell out of there. Yeah, to me it speaks of a... There's a strong element in this song of taking the piss. Hmm. Okay. We're taking the piss out of people who are suffering because they're thinking too much. Yeah, sure. Taking the piss out of the idea of marriage and all the tragedies that can happen. Taking the piss out of societal structures and and wealth. And I think that the solution to all of it is, when you're faced with a situation that seems to have a binary choice, do the other thing. Do something else. (laughs) Do the non-binary thing. Do the non-binary thing which is going down the drain. Yeah, dive down rapids. Yeah. When in doubt, go in the drain. Get flushed. Cling to the carnival. Yeah, a part of me thinks that we're seeing a lot like this coin idea that we're working on here, that how children or people with the mentality of children, the emotional maturity of children, react to certain things. Politicians. Politicians. They run away they deny, they completely like convince themselves that it's not happening or lie to themselves. Or they become dictators. It's this way and that's the only way that it can be. Or the other way for the people who are emotionally capable of dealing with their problems, it's think about it, anticipate it, act in the moment, and then carry on. Walk around that corner. There's another corner coming up. You're basically just walking around a block because you've always got corners. But- (laughs) you're making progress as opposed to standing stock still because you cannot confront this very first problem or running away from it. Yeah, I like, yeah, that's it. And I think what's really of value with this song is that Ian is implying that it can be fun. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to look at things and be like, oh, that's terrible. You know what? I'm gonna have fun anyway. Right. Yeah. Not everything is life and death. Not everything is highest stakes if you fail it's game over and if you spend the rest of your life dealing with like good on you for dealing with the problems but if you face them as the most important perilous problems you're going to be miserable and that even goes for the life and death things absolutely yeah don't take it too seriously yeah fantastic song very very good very fun again one of my favorites off this album it's And the last for a moment, well, not really. We're sort of getting into a little bit more serious territory in the second half of this album. Doctor to My Disease is probably the silliest coming up. Tall, thin girl is pretty silly. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is pretty silly. But we have Still Loving You Tonight. We have White Innocence coming up, Sleeping with the Dogs. Sleeping with the Dogs. Yeah. Okay, so not a terribly serious second half, but we are getting into some of the more- Emotionally charged content, I would say. I think so. Yeah. Thinking corners. Thinking, corners. Thinking corners. Nick, what are we talking about next week here on the podcast? We're on track number seven. Still loving you tonight. Still loving Mm. you tonight. (sighs) Been a while since we did a Sean Connery. Money penny, I'm still loving you tonight. That goes against the handbook bond. (laughs) HR will hear of this until next week. If you can't sleep, why don't you hop onto your podcatcher of choice and give us a five-star rating? You know, hop in there. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Spotify now. And you can do it on the, the the lesser apps as well, whichever one you do. The most impactful will be Spotify and iTunes, but you know, do it elsewhere. All the better. We appreciate it. Give us those five stars, that review, and then you will be able to sleep like a baby. If you want to be a jackdaw dressed to the nines, why not covet the fine Tea Public merch? Talk, Talk to Me branded merch that you can get from Tee Public, with the simple process of simply exchanging money for products. Nothing simpler. Nothing simpler. Do you want to cling to the carnival that is the feckless moans? Yes, you do. You surely can by subscribing to our Patreon. For a scant $5 a month, you get access to our Discord and you get access to two additional podcasts a month Outtake Talk to me and Feckless, Outtake to me just dropped today, January 1st. Every 15th of the month is Feckless, a random episode where something happens somewhere. I did a video about how to brew booch. The Ides of Feckless. The Ides of Feckless. Ultimately, that's what we're looking for, yeah. And uh, if you want to spring for the $15 a month, the Tull Skull Plus, that gives you all of that plus access to the videos of us. So you get the full, raw, Unedited, uncut, unadulterated, unsophisticated version of the podcast that you can watch in video form. And a lot of the fecklesses are coming through his video nice. as well. Yeah. Until next week, he's bathed in malt whiskey. It's Nick McGill. And he is the pretty girl with neon eyes. It's Omen Sade. We are standing in the rapids of the feckless moms. And this is the dream you had. Talk told to me. Doctor, thank you so much for seeing me on on short notice. I just uh you just haven't been able to sleep. I'm hoping you can help me. Yeah, yeah, please take a seat. Take a seat. As usual, yeah, I've saved you your spot. It is warm in the sun. So comfortable. I'm just gonna lean back here. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Okay. Begin. Begin. Tell me what is wrong. You say you're you're not sleeping well. Yes, I'm losing my sleep. You know, I just I every yeah. time I fall asleep, I see the same thing in my dreams. I see a moon with Ooh. huge eyes. It's the moon is just like taking over the entire sky and oh. it's, it's boring its eyes into me like it's some sort of a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, the moon is feminine. It is, uh, yeah. it's, it, it is tied to the, the womb, mm-hmm. the mother. Sure. So yeah, it's big so. eyes seeing you. Your yeah. mother is watching you while eyes. you masturbate. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only then. So the other, you know, the other thing that, that happens is I I dream that I'm a cowboy, mm-hmm. but every time that I'm riding my horse, I'm getting torn up, little bits of me are getting torn off because I'm, I'm made of paper. Yeah. And when the when the Indians shoot arrows at me, they just tear right through me because I'm just made of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the horse is your mother. You're riding ah. on the back oh. of her. You are oh using God. her. She is between your legs. Wow. But that being said, there is a the violence of the mm, sharp phallic items uh, piercing you. Yeah, wow. Being shot by your father. Well, uh, uh, oh, yeah. oh, I didn't, yeah. I never thought of it that way. Well, you know, here's, here's one other one. I, I sometimes have this weird dream that, like, I'm having a bath. As I'm in the bath, I realize it's freaking liquor. Why would I be bathing in liquor? And then, I'm, you know, I'm naked in this liquor bath, and then a big bird comes and lands on me. And starts throwing trinkets on me. Yeah. What, what does it mean? Yeah. You're back in the room, oh, in the, oh. the, the big bath. Oh. Wow. And uh, you have taken solace in the bottle, it seems. You find comfort. I have been drinking more than usual lately, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the bird comes to rain valuables upon you. That is uh, That is your mother. So what you're saying is thats that... Is that- I have an Oedipus complex? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. What can I possibly do about this, Doctor? I can't, can't go on the rest of my life just dreaming about my mother's huge, pendulous breasts and my father's tiny, spiky penis shooting through me. Yeah, I understand. Um, well, uh, some people deal with it. I've been dreaming that for 60 years, and I'm quite <laughs> fine. No, I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> but I do have a surefire way to get deep into your subconscious to perhaps cure you of the issue of dreaming of your family or your parents. Anything, doctor, anything. What could it be? Well, I'm going to write you a prescription. Okay. It will be to listen to a podcast once a week. It is the podcast of Talk Told To Me. That's what I was hoping you would prescribe me. Once a week, take it to the pharmacist. They will fill it for you. And doctor, can you assure me that this prescription is in fact a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network? Only the finest come from the feckless moms, I assure you. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll be going now. Oh. Ah! <laughs> Goodbye, penis.